Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Omega Metroid Podcast. I am your first-time host, Duminal Crossing, and yes, as you can probably deduce from that first-time moniker, we are both Spateri-less and Latsky-less today, as our boy Andy Spateri, still in Chicago at the time of recording, with his pals over at Zelda Dungeon, raising money. Uh, for a good charity cause. Uh, I actually tuned into a little bit of that uh, live stream last week. Really cool stuff. I got to watch Andy beat his favorite game of all time, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, uh, right up there with Kirby Superstar Ultra. If you love Andy, don't forget to tag him in all of your Kirby, uh, all of your Kirby posts, folks. He absolutely loves it. Uh, Dak, of course, he is at work right now. And so that leaves me. However... In case the title of the video did not already give it away, I am not alone today. I have a very special guest whose expertise is going to come in handy for our main topic. So without further ado, Ms. Lazy Johnson, welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast, and how are you doing today? Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, it's it's a perfectly muggy uh, July day, and... Uh, Honestly, it's a lot cooler than it has been, so I'm just taking that and running with it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Metroid. <laughs> yeah, on normal summers, I'd be complaining about this weather right now, but with everything going <laughs> on in England, I'm pretty sure I lost that right in Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's not that hot. I'll be okay. <laughs> but it's like, you, it's like, you know, I'm sweating a little bit, but I'm not dying. So, you know, I mean, hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. I guess, you know. You know I guess this is one of those areas where I'll just have to accept the dub for what it is. Yep. I'll just take it. It's okay. It's good. But yeah. For sure. Uh, any any cool things you've been up to lately? Any good shows, games, movies, etc.? Oh my god. Alright. So I have been playing Stray this whole week because it, it ah, just came nice. out this week and I know that's like no one else is doing it right now. It's kind of underground game. If you didn't know, Stray is a game where you can play as a cat and it's literally the greatest thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I started playing it on stream on my Twitch stream this week and I actually started crying. So I'm a cat lady. I have a cat and he is my child. And like it, it literally every ambient animation and every sound effect everything is very much like all cat noises and it's just so cute I love you can tear up carpets and oh yeah solve puzzles and you know all that but just you could be a cat you could fall asleep in places and it's just so wholesome and wonderful so I've been a little obsessed with that since it came out this last week <laughs> Yeah, I've seen Stray all over my timeline since it came out. Like I've seen a, I've seen a bunch of people really getting into it's it. It's so um, cute. Is, um what what console is it for? Cuz I know it's for I I think it's for PS4, PS5. Yeah. Um is it for anything else? I feel like it it's either coming to PC or if it or it also launched on PC. I I don't remember though. Don't quote me on that. I am playing on PlayStation. So I'm it's like putting my PS5's hardware to use here being a cat. But uh <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's yeah as far as I know it's on PlayStation and potentially on PC as well and if not now it will be coming to PC I do know that yeah I only ask because literally the uh, PS4 PS5 that's the one console I do not own I oh. have everything else I got a, I got a Switch I got the Series X um, <laughs> I got a really bad uh, desktop that I'll be upgrading uh, soon, there you go me too. Yeah, me don't too have a, don't have a PS5 quite yet well that's okay but someday it's you know someday when supply isn't what it is uh, it'll be a lot easier it's it's a fine console 
it, it works fine. <laughs> That's it's it's not it's not even that so so much. Like if I, if I really wanted a PS5, like I'm willing to like stay up till five in the yep. morning, like fing the hell out of my keyboard. That's what like, I had to I do. Have zero problems with that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it's more so I um, I'm waiting for the PS5 Slim. Oh yeah, I'm, that because we all it's know coming. The Slim is coming. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I want something that's a little more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not it, really into like the current design that much. I, I'll be totally honest with you. It is giant. It's like it's super. It's almost as oh, tall yeah. as my PC, and it's like. It barely fits on my entertainment like console area. I've had to move stuff everywhere so it'll fit on the damn tabletop. But um, yeah, it's 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 a looker. <laughs> I think a slim model would be a, a, a definite upgrade for sure. But yeah, yeah, I um yeah, one of my uh, roommates um, from last year. Um, I remember walking into our apartment for the first time. And just seeing that thing plop next to the TV, and, first, and my first thought wasn't, "Oh, that's a PS5." My first thought was, "That thing is insanely huge. That's almost as because we we had um, a 20, 30 inch TV in the living oh. room, and that thing oh was my God, like yeah. more than half the yeah. size of that thing. It's like Jesus. Yeah, it's it's literally yeah. The it is bigger than you'd expect it to be because like everyone always jokes and calls it a router and you know like all this stuff and I was like haha that's funny but i'm sure it's not like that giant oh my god the thing is like yeah literally half the size of an average television like just and it's chonky and it needs space to fan and do all the it's wild this next gen (laughs) this next gen business i'm like oh my god (laughs) we're just going to live inside consoles from now on (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get we got the uh, we got the PS5 router, we got the Xbox fridge yes. that they actually turn yes, into a real fridge, which is genius. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then who knows what Nintendo is going to do next? Yeah, God knows. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll get there when we get there. But yeah, mm. all sounds good. All sounds yeah. good. Um, but of course, uh, Lacey, we've had, we've been trying to get you on the podcast for a couple months now, so I'm glad we finally got to arrange this, get this all together. Yeah. I know we were really hoping to talk about maybe some uh, Metroid uh, Nintendo Direct news, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nintendo said, "Well, <laughs> nah." <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. But we do have a fun music-related topic, and yeah. uh, music is very much uh, the prime reason, pun not intended, <laughs> why uh, we brought you on here in the first place. That was good. Uh, because you uh, you released uh, you know this um, this little album that might have something, I guess, to do with Metroid. <laughs> a um, little bit. Uh, you wanna you wanna talk about that? Sure. So uh, back in May, at the end of May, I released a record called Next Mission, which is my love letter to the Metroid franchise. Um, every track on it is performed, arranged by myself. Um, it was quite the undertaking and I, I can't believe I'm saying it actually all came together in about seven months, which is very fast for a full, full length album. Um, I was very excited to contract, uh, my friend red coconut studio to do the art for it. Cause she absolutely nailed it. Giving Samus a guitar, which is my signature instrument. Um, and I mean, I, I tried to include as many tracks as I could without just completely losing my grip on reality, because if I were to include all of the Metroid tracks that I love and I'm inspired by, it would, you know, 
it would be years. <laughs> it would just be like the longest album to ever be. Um, but I'm really proud of it. And it was my second album that I ever did a physical release for, which is pretty cool. Um, which is another experience entirely, but, uh, it's been really fun being able to share the music of Metroid with so many people and the culture of Metroid and the history and everything. It's, it's such a unique, I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast understands it's like, uh, Metroid is such a deep franchise and there's so met, there's so much lore within the story, within the characters, but also in the music. And I really lost myself, lost and found myself recording this record because it, was so educational and really emotional to process so many of the themes and the worlds and everything that constantly is, uh, woven throughout the franchise itself. So yeah, that, that was quite the experience and I'm enjoying even now I've listened to some of my, my arrangements the other day and I was like, Oh wow, I did that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> like, wow. That's such a good feeling because I, I do music too, and oh, like one of the one of the best feelings. Yeah, yeah. I, one of the best feelings you can do when uh, listening to music is going back and listening to something, and it's like, oh wow, that actually that actually sounded pretty it's good. It's such a relief. Like, <laughs> like taking like taking my own personal bias out of it. That actually sounds really good. Mm -hmm. I did that. Like, it's such it's such a fantastic feeling because so many times, especially when you're working on music, you can be listening to something. Uh, in progress one day and then come back to it the next day and it's like oh that sucks yep. that's awful yep. but yeah listening to a final recording that you've mastered you've put the finishing touches on it it's done it's sealed and going back to it it's like yeah i wouldn't change a thing about yep. this this turned out exactly like how i wanted it's, it's just such a satisfactory it's feeling. so satisfying and such a relief and such like a, oh thank god people like this because you know i was in my head and i i really um everyone who's close to me would tell you like I didn't shut up about this album from like from December on because I really I took it very personally and I added a lot of original elements to my comp like composition side of the covers themselves and I wanted to be sure I was doing something that was necessary and something that um you know wasn't rewriting anything that the composers had done because really like this music is so interesting and it's so unlike a lot of video game music. Uh, so it, it was quite the undertaking and I'm like, Oh, thank God I still like it. Cause <laughs> at the time, it's, <laughs> at the time it's a good idea. And you're just like, okay, I have to, I have to be sold on this because I need to promote this and I need to go through all the other steps, but yeah, to come back and, and just really enjoy it wholeheartedly is so, so great. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and it really it is it is a it is a wonderful album, uh, for sure. Thank you. you actually mentioned about how um, uh, you, you mentioned about how like uh, much Metroid music means mm -hmm. to you, and I definitely echo those sentiments entirely. Yeah. One of my and I, and I brought this up on the podcast, so I I think our listeners will know what's coming up. But uh, one of the thing that absolutely resonates with me is one of uh, Hirokazu Hiptanaka, mm. the uh, composer of the uh, original NES Metroid, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he has a quote about his philosophy going into the making of that music that is so important to me. And it's why Metroid music sounds unlike anything mm. else. And his goal going into that game was that he wanted the, he wanted the music to feel like its own living, breathing creature, a part of the game's environment. And that philosophy, um, you know, different composers would take that and reinterpret that in their own ways. And of course, 
my boy Kenji Yamamoto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite composers of all time, uh, with his work on the Prime trilogy, I think yeah. just takes that to the max level. And uh, you know that first, you know those first opening notes of that Metroid Prime title yep. theme—that was a life-changing experience for me. Listening to that, oh yeah, you know those, gro- you know these gross organic-sounding synthesizers and Geiger counters. God, uh, you know that, you know that create this. This in you know this intense uh, almost non diegetic sounding piece yeah. except it's all purely music yeah. but it almost sounds like an interpretation of the inside of the Metroid that makes that menu it just yeah. oh it's such a it's such a cool piece I love it but yeah I want to talk about your album now because okay. um you know I I uh, I'm one of the people that did buy a physical copy oh. I actually have my CD right there in my uh in my Metroid display oh, so oh, uh, do you. Yeah, do you still have physical copies available, or are they all sold out? I I now? do have some still on my Bandcamp. Um, yeah, you can. I've got physical copies on there, and then uh, when I am performing live, I do have some of those as well. Uh, so, like at Mag West, which is in August in San Jose, I'll be having copies of that too. Oh, San Jose! That's actually not too far away from me. That's about an hour and a half. Wow. So yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe, uh, maybe I'll drop maybe by. Maybe you should pop <laughs> over because I'm probably, as in, very much going to be performing some of these songs. So you should, <laughs> you should come. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah, got the physical copy there. We'll put a link in that to the description for anyone who wants to, to get a CD for themselves. But uh, yeah, so I re-listened to this album again. Uh, a couple nights ago um, to refamiliarize myself with all mm. this. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff stood out to me uh, that I really wanted to discuss. So sure. first off, yeah, listening to the album, uh, I really love your use of dynamics. Thank you. Uh, they benefit the experience. Yeah, yeah, they benefit the experience in various ways. Mm. Um, and I also like that you were able to take creative liberties in how you represented those dynamics yeah. uh, in your tracks versus the original recordings. So, um, for example, uh, there's um, a... There's a place in Green Brinstar where there's a transition near the beginning. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was expecting, it was like, okay, so I was expecting, like, all right, this is where the guitar is going to kick in. This is where it's going to go hard. But you decided to take an alternate approach. And instead, um, you know, you tried to emphasize the synthesizers more. Mm-hmm. Um, you did a, a slightly different uh, drum pattern as well. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. you. Know, there's some tracks where, yeah, there's some tracks where it's definitely one to one creations mm-hmm. and others where you get a little more creative. And I love that you did both of these approaches in your album. It really makes it feel unique and fresh. Thank you. It's, it's a big, um, I'd say a philosophy of mine because there's some music, there's actually some music in general I won't cover because I feel I have nothing to say or nothing to add, um, of my own, you know, opinions other than what the composer or arrangers did. And Metroid is so cool because, as you said, which is so brilliantly said, it's like the music itself is alive. And so much of the music and the arrangements and how they vary per game have footprints. Like they're very unique in the way that they come across. And what I really wanted to do, and I did this often on the album itself, was maybe take some sounds from a later iteration, but using the arrangement from one of the earlier games just to kind of give like my feeling on what's there and or 
you know, breaking up some ideas or adding in a new section to the piece just to kind of remind you every now and again, it's like, I'm here. Here's my, here's my experience with Metroid. Here's what this makes me feel. And I hope it makes you feel something too. Um, cause I mean, the, these soundtracks are so legendary and they are so cinematic in so many ways. And so I wanted to tell, add my own little, um, versions of the stories to throw into these arrangements as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you, um, yeah, you definitely have a very signature style going through this album. Um, you have a very consistent tone with its uh, 70s, 80s inspired mm-hmm. keyboard synths. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, coupled with your modern mid-2000s guitar sound, which, oh, your your guitar tone on this album is so good. Thank I you. <laughs> I um, spent so long on it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. when the guitar comes in during Theme of Samus, it's oh, just like, yeah. oh, oh, I, I felt that. <laughs> good. Yeah, so, yeah, cause sometimes, yeah, sometimes like a good... A bad guitar tone can just absolutely kill the vibe. Oh, yeah. Like, your guitar tone is just flawless. Thank you. Thank you so much. But yeah, um, yeah, but despite uh but despite those two mainstays, uh you also uh fill this album with so many surprising directions and palettes, mm. accents and patches. Mm. And I just kinda wanna know how you decided on the soundscape that you ultimately decided to pursue for the album. All right. So I am a big fan of film cinema, film scoring. It's definitely a passion of mine as well to score. I've scored a few indie films and stuff, but like I wanted the whole time to reference back to what would Ridley Scott, who obviously, you know, Metroid and Alien have a lot of similarities, but like if I were like scoring a Metroid film that was directed by Ridley Scott, And I wanted to make music that was reminiscent of the time period, the composer, and then my own rock influences. I was like, okay, we have to find, (laughs) find the middle ground between all of those very odd influences, but they all work together in some way. I mean, I'm a big fan of eighties and seventies synthesizers as it is. Those are always my go-tos. Um, I wish I had inclinations towards some more modern synth sounds, but I just, I keep going back (laughs) to my retro feeling and it just, it felt right with these tracks in particular as well. Just kind of going off of like an NES, um, sound and I went, okay, I don't want to make this sound modern, but I want to modernize it or, you know, make it feel a little more performed rather. Cause I do, I, I perform all of my stuff. I don't program anything. Um, so I wanted to give a new kind of life and color into it. Um, but definitely, I mean, so much of the music, I wanted to have texture. I wanted it to have breath and you'll hear a lot of like, I picked very breathy, um, coral and string patches that I modified to kind of have a little bit of grit in it to complement the super bright bubbly synths and some arpeggiated stuff that's creating more, you know, bubbles, atmosphere, life particles going on. Cause I'm always like space particles, Metroid, it's got to have, you know, <laughs> all these different, uh, textures and sounds and colors and the, the world of all these games are so different. And it's like, they still need to have this direction no matter what 
the music itself is doing. And so I do focus a lot just with Metroid. I always think of going either up or down, depending on where we are in the game. So I use that a lot with the inspiration behind a lot of my sounds. Like if I'm doing something that I know is going to ascend, I'm going to make the music feel like it's really like traveling up, 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 up to the sky. Or, you know, if Samus is literally descending, I, I, I will trend. I usually will pick a lot of sounds that are moving downward as, um, you know, as I'm kind of consciously going through the song itself, I'm trying to tell stories with a little bit more, um, you know, a little artistry with the sound itself. That's a really cool approach. I never really thought of that, yeah. especially with the, um, you know, especially with some of those earlier Metroid mm-hmm. titles where you lit, where it's, you know, verticality is like one of the big focuses yeah. and you were quite literally like even in the levels themselves, mm-hmm. not just with the elevators going, you know, up and yeah. down and being able to translate into that music is a really, you know, a really cool way to um, uh, convey the experience in you know, a very subtle yet effective way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a couple more notes that I also wrote mm-hmm. here. Um, I like how you don't let your style paint you in a corner when approaching a piece with significantly different elements. Oh, yeah. Um, and I <laughs> wrote this down, and I wrote this down uh, when listening to uh, your uh, rendition of Fenjana. Yeah, Press, I knew it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I love yep, that track. Where there's, um, yeah, it's such a beautiful yeah. track. That, um, both yours and the original, of Thanks. course. But there's um, little to no guitar. Fe- if there is guitar, it's very subtle and in the background mm-hmm. for like an accent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, despite the fact that obviously the guitar, you know, as we established earlier, is one of um, one of the big tones that you made present. Mm-hmm. And but I like that you uh, I, I like that you don't feel the need to use everything if you don't think that it's right for that specific piece. Yeah. And for Pendrana, that was one where it's like, you know what? I'm going to let the keyboards do the talking on, on this yep. one and we'll just, and we'll just leave it at that. And yeah. Yeah. I think it turned out really nice. Thank you so much. Um, I, I've asked so many of my friends what their favorite track is on the album and like probably 75% of them have said Fendrana and I'm like, of course, like it just, it makes it, that song I recorded start to finish in one session. I got the entire thing done in one recording session, which was probably maybe five hours. That's it. And it was such a easy song to feel inspired by. And even when I play prime, it it like I've been playing the um, prime hack don't come for me all, but I've been playing it recently. And, um, Oh no, our, our boy Dakota Lasky, he also loves prime. It's fantastic. He's clapping. It's absolutely fantastic. So good. I'm glad I'm in good company. (laughs) Um, but like when I hear it, I just like, I long for some of the elements I did put in because in that arrangement, I really wanted to keep things light, keep things how they, they are in the area in the, in prime. Um, But then I also wanted to kind of keep the listener on their toes a little bit. And I added a lot of darker sounds towards the end and kind of added this uncertain feeling where things are changing. And, you know, from there, I I go into the rest of the prime (laughs) soundtracks that I threw in. But it's like, you know, it's when you're making an album like this, it's it's so important to keep in mind the story you're telling with your tracks. And um, a lot of the song order in general, too, was basically like the story of Metroid. So, you know, I, I picked it starting at the title, 
And then we have the introduction of Samus and then she's descending and moving through all these different areas and encountering kind of what she's meant to do in this mission and then slowly making her way back upward to space and kind of finishing out with our boss fights towards the end. And then she comes out victorious. But even even uh, at the end of the staff role that I recorded it there's still a little bit of mystery and a little bit of unsettling feeling so i i like i worked really hard to create a story within the story that we all know so well which was more challenging than i expected but i'm really really happy with the result of it well, if there's anything I've learned when playing Metroid, the galaxy is never truly never. <laughs> there's always more to do. <laughs> True that. Always more shenanigans going True on. True that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Last couple of mm-hmm. notes I have here, and then we'll get on to our main topic. Yes. Um, so there's a synth in your Kraid's Lair uh, Brinstar Depths arrangement yeah. uh, that reminds me of the Vocaloid patches for the Splatoon series. <laughs> I don't know if that was I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Okay. It's funny. So I, I did this song as a one-off in November of last year because I did Ridley and people uh, started calling me... Uh, Lace Scree as like a nickname on Twitch and stuff because you know we all were debating what Ridley's sound is and we all settled on Scree and then I always played it whenever you know I would perform on these events and so people started calling me Lace Scree and I said all right well maybe I should do a different Metroid boss kind of feeling song so that way other people you know I'm not just Lace Scree I'm more than that and then <laughs> so like Craid this was right after I think it was right after. I was playing Dread and I just was like, God, Crate's so gross, man. Like, especially in Dread, it's just his toenails. I was so personally offended by his toenails coming to get me. And like, doesn't have the best hygiene. No, he's just gross. And so I went, you know, I really want to put a synth in here that sounds like Crate's gross body and toenails. And I literally, you'll hear in the recording too, I recorded some John Carpenter-esque like click, 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 clicks like in the backgrounds. And those were meant to like represent his stupid toenails. And like, there's so much crade in this song. Like I wanted to pick the most gross, like dubstep bass patch that I could humanly find and just be like, yeah, that sounds like him. All right. So this whole song is just me like, personally being offended by Craig. <laughs> sounds like you lashing out at Craig and then just like, yep, that's the track. Pretty much, yeah. And then it, it just like, <laughs> I wrote a prog breakdown. I don't know where that came from. And it was just like, all right, well, I guess this is just what my battle against Craig is like. <laughs> <laughs> but, yep. <laughs> and the, um, and the, uh, the last note that I have written down, uh, quote in caps lock that Ridley theme go. <laughs> that's it. That's what it says. You know, bless. Thank you. Thank you. Received. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess we can figure out what my favorite track on the album was. Well, fair enough. Um, it's, you know, now you know the history of Lace Scree. So, like, that, that Ridley <laughs> arrangement, I've performed it, God, probably almost a hundred times. I, I just, like... That is one of the craziest songs to do. And I just love it every single time. I don't get sick of it. People love to just like thrash around to it. I'm like, good. Keep doing it. Scree. You know, just like go off. Be Ridley. Do it. (laughs) 
Oh man, I I cannot wait for like um COVID to like subside even more because like man like going to concerts is great, yeah. but man I'm ready for the pits to open. Back oh up my again, god, man. I know. I miss that so much. I know. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to pit and well, start a pit. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I'm. I will happily get a circle pit going Good. for Good. sure. We'll get a morph ball pit going. Perf- oh my. Oh oh. I was about to say the perfect pit doesn't exist. There it is. There it is. <laughs> morph ball pit. Let's go. Yeah. A morph. Yeah, a morph ball pit or a screw attack. Mm. Pit, one of those. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll accept. I'll accept. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Lacey, congratulations on the release. Thank you. It's absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, I'm, again, I'm super happy to have um, the physical copy with the autograph. By the <laughs> way, that was a super cool surprise. Well, thank you. Thank you for ordering one of those as well. I mean, I, I've been so humbled by the the response. It just felt like was the least I could do was to sign everything. And I mean, this album means so much to me and I'm, I'm so happy people like it. Cause really, as I said, it was a very personal thing for so many months to finally share it. I went, Oh, this is great. I'm so happy people like it. <laughs> Absolutely. The journey paid off. Yeah. It's wonderful. And uh, folks, if you enjoyed hearing us talk about it, but you actually want to listen to these pieces yourself to get some more context on the discussion, We'll have links below so that you can check it out on YouTube, the Bandcamp page, as well as physical copies, which are still available. Yes. Definitely, definitely this is one that you should uh, get, whether you're going for the 100% run or the any percent. Ooh. It is a must have. Yes. Do item. it. Listen. Enjoy it. Vibe. Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with that, let's get on to our main topic. Yes. And... Uh, you know, as we mentioned before, obviously we would have loved to talk about uh, some new Metroid news, maybe maybe a prime remaster, but you know, there's still time in the year to see if that's gonna if that's gonna uh, make do or not. But we have a fantastic music-related backup topic that we've been planning, and <laughs> you know, considering uh, considering how long that album interview view went, I don't even think we're gonna get through even half of these suggestions today. So maybe we'll have to bring you on. Uh, for round two to finish this. Well, off, I suppose, uh, I suppose I could join once again. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Honestly, and you know, there's so much good music in this franchise. There's so much music that I feel like you don't necessarily think of immediately if you think of the Metroid music, right? Because we're, we're so conditioned to like our big themes but so many of those area themes and moments in the franchise are so memorable, you know, like it, there's so much of it that isn't the stuff that you're singing all day that gets stuck in your head, <clears throat> Ridley. Um, but like, <laughs> if you're me, um, but it, it's like, there's so many of those songs that just they're they mean so much in the game itself. And it's just, uh, I love it. I'm not going to spoil any of the choices, but I made, I made choices. <laughs> oh yeah, many many decisions were made. So basically, folks, what the um, you know what the idea is for this is basically you know Metroid has so many iconic themes that we love that have appeared in multiple titles, and what I want to do is you know what let's have a discussion on what our favorite version of some of these reoccurring themes yeah. are. Uh, there is a couple of exceptions. Uh, for the song that will open and close the segment. The first one is the title theme. Mm. And uh, and the reason why this is an exception is because... So I was going through 
I was meticulously going through every single track that appeared multiple times, and the first one is the uh, NES Metroid title theme. So I was going, okay, you got NES, you got Zero Mission, uh, you got a Smash 4 ranking, mm-hmm. which, which, by the way, that is... So, th- actually, before I get into that, so this is an important rule. <laughs> almost forgot. So, so, for this list, um, we can do... Any song, regardless if it's appeared in a Metroid title or not, as long as it is an official Nintendo recording. So stuff like Smash Brothers mm-hmm. and Nintendo Land, mm-hmm. that is A-OK for our list of recurring themes. But fan-made themes are not allowed. So for example, um, let's say we're talking <laughs> let's say, let's say we're talking about Ridley. Um it my answer cannot be, oh, the best Ridley theme is Lacey Johnson's cover of Ridley. Of course. Not not acceptable. Of course. Not acceptable <laughs> against the law. Banned. Absolutely banned. You're banned. No more. Jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> but if I said, actually, my favorite version of Ridley is from uh, Nintendo Land, that's a okay. That's acceptable. There you go. We go. There you go. So yeah, just to clear that up for the for the folks listening at home, and uh, so basically, yeah, going back to the title theme, the reason why I decided to change up um, the rules for the title theme is because I was looking. At, you know, all the stuff. NES, Zero Mission, Smash 4. That's three versions of the NES title theme. Mm-hmm. But then you also have Super Metroid, mm-hmm. which uses that main motif mm-hmm. throughout its whole theme with this exclusive intro. And it's like, okay, is that its own unique song? Yeah, where do we split or is hairs? That part of the NES title yeah. theme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or what about the Prime theme, mm-hmm. which, you know, has the mm-hmm. that main motif mm-hmm. in the lower key, but then also goes in its own direction. Yep. And so I was like, you know what? Wouldn't it just be easier to just say our favorite title yep. theme <laughs> instead of just having to deduce all this? So, yes. So that o- so that overly long um, great wall of text explanation <laughs> out of the way. Lacey Johnson. Yes. In the Metroid series, thirty six years history from the NES to Dread. What is your all time favorite Metroid? Oh my title? God! All right, I had so much trouble with this. So, my my cover that I did was of the NES theme because I I love it. It feels it feels exactly like the Metroid franchise to me. It has that opening that is so open but unsettling, um, and I, I just think. I love the NES sounds on it as well. Um, it was a very big inspiration for how I arranged everything in mine. Um, but I also, I mean, I really have a very soft spot for the dread opening and I think it's so, it's even darker. (laughs) Like I swear the themes keep getting darker the more the games came out (laughs) and like, um, I just, I love the orchestration in Dread and I love all the choral parts in, in the Dread title, but I, I'm going to stick with NES only because I listened to that recording so many times <laughs> over the last couple of months and it, it stays with me. I still, I still love it every time I hear it. Yeah. We've talked about the, um, the NES soundtrack on the podcast before mm. and like, it's still like, it's, it's so still to good. This day. It holds up so it's well. It's so good. Arguably, arguably the best thing uh, about that game that holds up. In my opinion. <laughs> I know, um, I, I know, I know. Andy would disagree with me. He, um, he definitely has a very soft spot for that first Metroid. Mm, but, yeah. Um, while I don't, while I don't quite feel those same sentiments, um, that soundtrack still. It's so I mean, good. You know, whether you're going, the, you know, whether you're talking about the title mm-hmm. theme, Kraid, even, even stuff. Well. There's another theme that actually is one of my picks that I'm not going to talk oh, about. Oh, no yet. spoilers! So I'm not no gonna, spoilers! I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. We'll get there. Yes. 
Uh, to quote Mr. Incredible, we get there when I we get there. I was just about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we get there when we get there. Yes. Yes. What's your favorite? Uh, so like you, I was torn between a rock and a hard okay. place. Because I have a definite, because I, I do have a definite favorite, but I also, as I talked about earlier, I do have one that just means so much to me. And the mm. one, and, um. The one that means a lot to me is, you know, as I mentioned, is that that original Prime One theme. Um, it, it's all. It also means a lot more now that I associate it with the uh, the Prime Four teaser. Oh. But that. But even even ignoring that, yeah. even ignoring all that aside, just that theme, as I mentioned earlier, just you know, it opened my mind to you know a realm of music that I never knew was possible. Yeah. That literally combined all of these sounds to make this cohesive song that was also. That was also breaking this fourth wall between what the real world and the game world in a way that I mean, even to this day, like very few properties I see doing in that same in that same kind of regard. Yeah. And to me, and because of that, like to me, that that original Prime title theme just to this day just feels like it's from the future. Yeah, like it it's does. So ahead of its time. It does. But my favorite title theme just on its own, just for the pure listening experience, is actually one of the most un-Metroid sounding themes ever, despite the fact that it's made by the same composer that did the Prime 1 title theme, and that is Metroid Prime 3's epic orchestral um, title theme. I just, oh, it gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. It's such a rush, and... And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm not necessarily a fan of Metroid being dominant when it comes to like um, live sounding orchestral music with with some exceptions here mm-hmm. and there. And that title theme is definitely one of those exceptions where I think it absolutely works. And I love I love kind of the mini story it tells as yeah. well. Uh, something I've also discussed, whereas in the first game, you have this kind of rising um, conspiratorial kind yep. of sounding with its you know introduction to the lore with the phase on and all yep. that um in the second game it's like the bounty hunter returns we're back in action and and in the third game the stakes have never been higher one le- one minor mistake and the entire universe is doomed mm-hmm. and that whole piece just conveys all of that and uh it's probably in my top five tracks of all time i love that corruption theme so much uh despite the fact that the prime one title holds a very special place in my yeah heart. Man, Corruption's soundtrack as a whole is so successful. There's so many musical motifs throughout in so many different pieces, too. And like, I just like, so one of the songs I covered for y'all listening was Rundus. I did the Rundus battle and it, I read so much fan lore. I read so like people have written lyrics. People have done so much with it. And it's just like the music is so fascinating just in the way that it not only sells the story, but it, it can, it breaks your heart. The music and corruption, as you said, is so high stakes. It's high pressure. You feel it. Every sound, every like, uh, musical silence that's intentionally put there. Like you feel all of it. It's so successful in the way that it's done. Yep. Yeah, Prime 3 throughout its entire score, it really conveys this sense, this kind of grim sense yeah. of the needs of the many outweighs the needs of the yeah. few. You feel that, especially during those Hunter's fights, especially yeah. like in what you just mm-hmm. mentioned, Rundus' fight, where obviously like 
Samus doesn't want to kill yeah. Windus, but she literally has no Yeah, she choice. has no other and option. Just, yep. And especially like once you get to the end, it's just absolutely gut-wrenching. Oh, it's so good. And yet simultaneously and yet simultaneously so badass at the same time with <laughs> Kenji Yamamoto's signature guitar riffs. Of course. In, like. <laughs> of course. I mean, you just you're like, oh crap, all right, I gotta do this. Let's go, let's go. I don't want to, but I gotta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, though, this riff is kind it's of a kind bop, of a bop. Yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> but yeah, um, very different choices for our title yeah. theme, but both both very good picks, mm-hmm. depicting very different eras of Metroid. Mm-hmm. But we're going to continue our way uh, down the NES rabbit hole with our next pick, <laughs> Brinstar NES. Now, despite the fact that this is arguably one of the most famous Metroid tracks of all time. Uh, this has actually appeared in surprisingly few actual Metroid titles. It's appeared just as much outside of the franchise as it's appeared in it. So yeah. you got you got Brinstar NES, mm-hmm. you got Brinstar Zero mm-hmm. Mission, you have the other Brinstar Zero Mission after you're fully upgraded and you start mowing down pirates like it's nothing. Yep. And then you got the um and then you got the um, the pirate frigate rock cover uh, by Yamamoto San once again in, in Prime Pinball, greatest game ever made. If you ask God, me, God, I have I'm I have yet to play Prime Pinball, and everyone keeps telling me why didn't you cover any of Pinball? I'm like I haven't played it yet. I'm sorry. Like I'm trying. Well, to be fair, Pinball doesn't have any original music. It's all it's all either ripped from Prime or rearranged right. stuff. In Prime, right, so. but those arrangements are well loved. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, the YouTube comments tell me how much everyone loves it. So, <laughs> Prime Pinball is a fantastic time. You should definitely uh, check it it's out. It's on my list. Yeah, time. for sure, for sure. But yeah, so that's four. That's four versions that have appeared in the Metroid series, and one of them, one of them in a spinoff entry, nonetheless. But then outside the Metroid series, you got Planet Zebes from Smash sixty four. Mm. You got Brinstar from Melee. Mm. Oh, I forgot you about have... Melee. Oh. Mm, yeah, and then you got um, technically it's the escape theme in Smash Four, but about halfway or three fourths of the way through the song, uh, you have uh, the Brinstar uh, theme return, kind of um, up until the halfway point before it loops back into the escape, and then you have uh, Brinstar from Nintendo Land, which is fully orchestrated by uh, uh, Ryo Nagamatsu, mm-hmm. who slightly off topic is slowly becoming one of my uh. One of my favorite modern composers over at Nintendo. Done a lot of really cool stuff recently. Mm-hmm. From uh, Breath of the Wild to um, a couple of the recent Mario Kart games. Nice. Really talented composer over there. Nice. So you went first last time, so I think I'm going to go All first right. this All time. Right. To pick my penultimate Brinstar theme. <laughs> and despite the fact that it's very un-Metroid in its sound palette... Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to pick Smash 64 Planet Zebus as my all-time oh, favorite rendition of Brinstar. Okay. I, I really like this one. Yeah, this was composed by uh, Hirokazu Ando. Um, he works at, um, I don't know if he still works there, but at the time at least, he uh, worked at HAL Laboratory and he composed the entire 64 soundtrack. A lot of experience with the Kirby games. Mm. And uh, you definitely you can definitely feel a lot of that Kirby influence uh, throughout that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And, All the sounds, and even, yeah. Mm, yeah absolutely and uh but yeah despite the fact that metroid and kirby obviously have very (laughs) quite different they're the same uh, i feel like it actually (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I mean, you have the cunning god of death, and then you also have Ridley. It's the, so. You know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, despite that, I actually think um, his uh, sound uh, his sound choices really work well for Planet Zebus, and I kind of like the more lighthearted approach. I think it works in that game, and it's just a really fun track to listen to um, on its own right. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. That is my pick for Brinstar. What about you? That's Lacey? a good choice. Honestly, I had a hard time with this one because, as you mentioned, it's it's not super everywhere, um, and the. The variety between a lot of the arrangements within Metroid itself are very similar. But um, for me, I really I, I enjoy Zero Mission soundtrack a lot. And it's so funny because I, I know, obviously, it's a remake per se, but it's like the sounds couldn't be more different. And I, I like from the original um, and like for me. I think what I really liked in Zero Mission was some of the voicings of counter melodies within Brinstar are brought forward in the mix. And it's interesting. It's different. I, I don't know if it's even like better than the original. I wouldn't go that far, but it's like it caught my ear and I went, oh, that's so cool. Oh, my God. Like <laughs> just from the sound patches and like a lot of the orchestration choices, um, there's there is a lot of dynamic contrast within Zero Mission soundtrack. And I think it really grabs my attention. And spoiler alert, a lot of stuff on this list for me is Zero Mission. But um, I think from an arrangement standpoint, I, I just really love Zero Mission's fusion between like taking 8-bit contrapuntal themes and making it a little more modern, a little more orchestrated, but still maintaining like the Game Boy sound palette meets the NES. I don't know. To me, it's like the perfect combination of those sound chips to like create something a little bigger than what it sounds like. Well, yeah, that will. I believe that was intentional. I it's can't genius. remember. <laughs> I can't remember the actual interview itself, mm -hmm. but I remember. I remember Kenji Yamamoto in an interview because uh, he and as well as um, Minako Hamano, who also did Super mm -hmm. Metroid, they did the Zero Mission soundtrack. Yeah. And I remember in an interview, he was talking about how he specifically had discussions with uh, Tanaka-san about what direction he wanted to go with uh, when uh, doing this, uh, when doing um, you know, his portions of the soundtrack. Yeah. And um, I believe he specifically tried uh, to emulate. He, speci he specifically used lower quality samples, mm. I think, when doing that to emulate the feel of um, like a string of section that NES soundtrack. Yeah, but also giving you know his you know signature um, Kenji Yamamotoisms, yeah. you know, like the choirs yeah. and stuff yeah. like, like you hear. If you hear any choir in Metro, it's always him. Like, yeah. that. Oh, that's that's Yamamoto. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that's my yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it, it makes so much sense. I mean, really, like. Everything feels like it was a choice, and I, I like that in the soundtrack, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, Zero Mission has a very special place in my heart. That's actually the very first 2D Metroid that I ever beat on my Oh, album. nice. And so, yeah, yeah, I was really... um because back because back then like i was like pretty much all about 3d games but there was something about the 2d metroid game it was 2d metroid and 2d mario those were like the two exceptions that appealed to me in the 2d realm obviously nowadays like i i love all my retro games but you know i was i was a young lad you know i still i had some growing experience <laughs> but despite all that yeah 
2D Metroid and 2D Mario appealed to me, and uh, Zero Mission was just an absolute blast. It's so good. Uh, to play back in the day. I, I've lost... It's easily the game I've beaten the most. Nice. And I've lost count of how many times that's been now. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Yeah, I... Yeah, I've beaten it multiple times in a in a single day. Even, oh. but that's it's been a long time since I've attempted anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, but yeah, absolutely love that Zero Mission soundtrack and uh, a very good pick, obviously. Um, well, uh, both of those. I, I'm assuming you're going with the first Brin Star. Theme, yes, not yeah, the, last the first Brin one, the first one, choice, yeah. right? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Figured, but just wanted. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Our next song. This this is a big one oh, right here. This was so uh, hard. <laughs> yeah, the theme of Samus. Mm. Uh, originally, the theme of Super Metroid in the prologue sequence, yes. but has since, uh, in all its iterations, been reading the theme of Samus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even gonna list off all of the games. It's so many. So yeah. Many. All right, I will go first for this one to demonstrate the mental struggle. So. <laughs> My first Metroid game I ever played was Super Metroid, and it is still, in my opinion, one of the best games ever. Um, and Andy's clapping right good. now. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it's it's so difficult for me. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go out there. My favorite is actually from Dread because of the arrangement, because of the feeling, because of the choir. It just for me that arrangement is so sinister and i think it really caught my ear in the sense of oh my gosh i've never thought about samus from this kind of musical perspective before and it's cool i I like when anything can literally make me change my feeling on a character um there were so many fun orchestral elements in it and that was the version i definitely based my cover off of Um, but i have to say as much as I love Dread, Smash Ultimate's version of Theme of Samus is fantastic. I just, I wanted to say, I, this was a really hard one for me to like pick one, but I just, oh, it's so neat how many different little elements have changed throughout the years for the theme of Samus bounty hunter. Um, (laughs) I had to write like full titles and licensing when I did that, but it's like, (laughs) there's a lot of these songs that have really long titles. Let me tell y'all what, but yeah, for me, dread slash smash ultimate. That's, that's me. I think so. I think the version you're talking about appeared in Brawl first, not Smash Ultimate. It may have, but I the recording correctly. itself from Ultimate is so like ear candy. I love it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. And and going off the title, so so this this always bugged me. So so the the song title and I believe is Theme of Samus Aran Space Warrior. Yes, that was it. But there's Space another Warrior. track. <laughs> But there's another track on the official Super Metroid soundtrack mm-hmm. called Theme of Samus Aran Galactic Warrior. Oh, that's right. Um, and that's and that's the song that appears when you return to Crateria, the bum, bum, yes. bum, bum, bum. And that's, and that's my favorite track in Super Metroid. And so I was expecting to hear that yes. when, I fir- when, I fir- when I first heard that. But then when it was something else, I ended up just being really disappointed. I was like, what? Oh. That's not my favorite track from Super Metroid. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Huh? <laughs> yeah, these titles, man. I hate how like they can be the same piece and then just two games different or even depending on what translation you're looking at, it's like 
Oh, okay. That's the title. And then you type it in. It's like, no, it's not. What the like, what is that? <laughs> like whose idea was this? I know. This? Who signed off on this? Come on, y'all. I need consistency. <laughs> but yeah. So much so much like mm-hmm. you, um, I'm between a rock and the hard yep. place. And uh for the same reasons you mentioned, one of those is of course the uh the dread theme of Samus, which is <sighs> so good, and I'm pretty sure we don't have hundred percent hundred percent proof of it, but considering the role that Yamamoto had in Samus Returns, I believe I feel like he also did uh, this one in Dread as well. Yeah, since it feels in the credits, like it. It looks like he did, since in the credits, it looks like his job, as well as being the sound director, was to um, do all of the, um, all of the uh, original Metroid music themes mm. that uh, appeared in previous titles. Mm-hmm. So that's why I believe he did that. And it sounds very similar to the Samus Returns version, yeah. which, which we do know he did because of the uh, credits given to him on the, uh, on the archive soundtrack CD. Yes. But... History lesson aside, <laughs> such a good theme. I especially, uh, I especially love those bass synths that open up the uh, track. Oh, they sound, oh, they sound nasty. So I good, love it. <laughs> it's so good. Straight out of Blade Runner, just like it's creating this like crazy dystopian feel of a time we're not even sure like where we are in the timeline. It's wild. I love it. Yeah, and I love and I love the difference between that and the um when the main theme kicks yeah. in with uh, those orchestral yeah. segments. I really love how those two contrast together. Yeah. Where it starts off where it starts off dark, but then you know you have this little bit of hope. It's like, yeah, things are maybe looking rough, but I mean it's Samus. She's got this. She'll figure it out. And then we go back into it <laughs> because the mission never truly yeah, ends. <laughs> exactly. It's it's just it's brilliant. It's brilliant storytelling through composition. But Oh. Oh, but, I'm going to pull a very deep cut for my number one choice. This is technically an official recording, but it's never actually appeared in any of Nintendo's games, even the non-Metroid games. So Super Metroid Sound and Action is, to be frank, not a very good soundtrack release of the NES and Super Metroid soundtracks uh, released just after the game came out in 94. Mm. Um, the, the soundtrack quality is really bad. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, they're, um, it's not the actual files. It was recorded off the actual hardware itself. You can hear sound effects in the background. Mm-hmm. It's really, it, it's just a really poor quality soundtrack. But on that CD release is five exclusive arrangements, four from Super Metroid and then the credits theme from NES Troy. Mm. And one of those themes is, of course, the theme of Samus. And that is... To this day, is my all-time favorite piece. I don't know if you know what I'm uh, what I'm talking about. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very, um, yeah, like I said, very deep cut piece of Metroid music. It has, it, you know, it goes all in on the on the cheesy '70s synths, and I absolutely love every bit of it. It has really cool hi hats as well. Oh my god, I really love the hi hat tone um, that they did on that. Awesome! I literally got it queued up so I can listen to it later <laughs> i remember when i was yes. doing some research on the soundtracks i remember the sound in action um because the i thought the cover was so weird for the cover art and i was like what is this like i don't even know what this is but yeah it's bizarre so you got samus doing one of her super metroid poses, yeah but then there's like i don't even know what's happening in the background it's very confusing and then <laughs> and the and the font choice is also just yeah, so, so weird. odd it's yeah like, <laughs> It look it, honestly. It looks like the Seinfeld. Font. A little bit, a little bit. It does actually. I'm looking at it right now. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's one in a million. That's what it is. I love that. I'll have to refresh myself. I know I've listened to it. Yeah, I've definitely I've definitely used it in um, a couple of my mashups before just because of how much I love that. Version. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's such a cool. Piece. Nice. Next up, uh, and I was hinting at this uh, earlier before when we were talking about NES Troid, so I guess I'll uh, get my pick off right off the bat. <laughs> the item room theme. Um, such a, you know, on one hand, you know, it's such a low-key theme, yeah. and yet it's arguably that main motif <laughs> is one of the most iconic Metroid arrangements to this day. Yep. And... Oh no! Well, no, no, no! I'm, that's the item collect theme. I'm talking about the item room theme. That oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, Sorry, that's, that's also a very iconic theme as well. <laughs> I just always think of them no, together. That... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, getting that out of the way, my uh, all-time favorite rendition of the item room theme to this day, it's still that uh, that Famicom NES version of the item room oh, theme. Nice. It's just absolutely perfect. Again, I love um for for me it's the um it's those bass notes that almost sound like a kick drum simultaneously. Oh, okay. And that's and it's yeah, you, you yep. know what you know what yep. I mean? Yeah, absolutely because they're so you know, it's so, you know, it's in such a low key that you almost can't even tell what um what pitch it's yeah. at. Yeah, so. it's just there for its effect, its booming effect. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, going in, you know, going into you know Tanaka San's philosophy, I feel like the item room theme, um, uh, is one of the best examples of a track in that game that really captures that where you're unsure if the if the track is trying to depict the room itself mm-hmm. or something else inside. The yes, room. and um. I absolutely love it. It's it's such a sinister theme, and yet it subverts that with a really powerful item. It's you know yep. I absolutely love it. Lacey, what is your so pick to, for your favorite item? To piggyback theme? literally on what you just said, mine my favorite is from Super Metroid, and the reason being is that it's so atmospheric. You feel like you can hear all of the little computery sounds, all of the technological sounds. It's eerie. It's this moment of reprieve, but you don't really feel safe. And I think it's such a successful, like, like it literally takes the breath out of the room with the way that in that game, the item room just kind of comes like, oh, oh, okay. It's, it's time for, for something, you know. There's a break. Why? What's going on? But then it's like, oh, I just I love the way that that room has so much sound without like being its own theme. This is such it's like it's such a great example of score because it's doing what it's meant to do and that it makes you feel something not necessarily makes you hum that song but then of course i just hum the item collection anyway but still it's like (laughs) um yeah to me it's it's just a very successful score in that it it really makes you feel safe but not really (laughs) yeah super metroid's item theme is so cool especially the the thing that gets gets to me um not necessarily the um uh those computerized Mm -hmm. synths it's um you know it's again that bass synth in the background that's so subtle. It almost feels like it's literally breathing in your yeah. face. That little, oh, yep, yep, oh, like oh, it's it's just like that to me is like what completes that track and yeah. like and like brings out its full potential. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. 
Yeah. Next up, so so we've been talking about like some of the mainstays uh, from uh, the NES and Super Metroid. We're gonna jump ahead to the year two thousand two with a track from Metroid Prime, the Parasite Queen boss battle theme, and. This has actually appeared more times than I think people realize. So obviously we got the original appearance in Prime, but then we also have a variation of this theme um, in Metroid Prime Hunter's first hunt during the Morph Ball training mission uh, that's included on the disc. And then on Metroid Prime Hunters, a variation of that is used for the Fire and Ice spawn boss battle. And finally, most recently in Smash Ultimate, we had... An arrangement done by uh, Motoi Sakuraba of uh, Dark Souls in Mario Tennis fame. <laughs> because of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the, literally the uh, the two sides of the spectrum right yep. there. <laughs> oh, definitely. So I went first last okay. time. Lacey, what is your favorite so my, Parasite Queen arrangement? Mine is definitely um, Prime. This boss... Again, I've been playing through the Prime hack. This boss, every time, takes me off guard with how badass it is right at the beginning of the game. And, like, you're just constantly trying to figure things out. And, like, I'm not as familiar with it um, in Smash, and I, I should listen to it a little more closely. But, like, for me, it just nothing comes close to the, like... Oh God, the, the second that the music started when I was playing through Prime, I was like, oh my God, the panic, just this pure sense of like, oh geez, oh, this music's so good, but oh God, this thing is just crawling up the wall. Ah, where's the spot? Ah, like it just, it's the perfect song to go with the anxiety I'm feeling in this fight. <laughs> A few of my boss picks are that same way. It's like, it accompanies my feelings that I have. Um, but yeah, I just, I love, I love the Prime arrangement of it. I think it's so good. I feel I feel like the prime arrangement is like better than it has any right to be because the actual <laughs> the, the actual boss itself is like really easy yeah. to take down. You can like you can take it down in like less than thirty oh, yeah, seconds totally. if you know if you know how to do it fast enough. But the theme is like so intense. It sounds like you're going to I die. I know. In- <laughs> it scared the living hell out of me when I first started playing. I was like, oh my god, why? Wait, I just started the game. What is this? No, did I mess up? Did I find a secret room? Like, oh no. <laughs> so. For that reason, it's my yeah, favorite. I, <laughs> so I think so I think most people are going to pick that. Yeah. And, and for good for good reason. Yeah. It's you know a phenomenal piece of music. But my pick is actually going to be from the Metroid Prime Hunters first hunt demo. Uh, this version of the theme uh, I absolutely love. Um this was done by uh, Lawrence Schwedler and James Philipson. Um and um yeah, so this track it's a lot speed. It's basically it's basically a metal version of this original track, but um, obviously like none none of the instruments are real. It's all sampled and you know made using synthesizers. And right. All that. But yeah, but yeah, you have very clear um, percussion and stuff like that. You have cool. um, a much faster tempo and all that. And yeah, it's basically it's just it's just basically meant meant to get the blood pumping. And yeah, I absolutely love it. It's um. Really cool piece. I would. There's this really cool trend right now, um, in video game music mm-hmm. of uh, restorations where people will find the original samples and the original equipment that these composers used, and they will manually redo the themes and release higher quality versions. Bless. I, uh, I know some people. Di- I know some people disagree. Some people love that more authentic sound. I personally love a lot of these restorations, and I would 
absolutely kill to hear a restoration of that first time. That would be really cool. Um, Yeah, I, I love I love restorations because it's taking the genius that was at the recording at the time of recording, despite technological whatever it was, and then bringing it into today, making it relevant today to me is such a great way to honor these soundtracks like it doesn't change what the original was or did but i think it it really just brings it into a place with the rest of you know the soundtracks and sounding modern and still keeping the feeling and the the intentions at the time that they were written i'm a big fan yeah absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, there are some exceptions where, you know, I'll hear restoration. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I remember I remember in um, uh, one of the Smash discords I'm in, someone shared um, uh, a restoration of uh, Sephiroth's uh, theme. One oh, Angel, boy. And I listen. I'm like and I'm like, that's not, you right. know, you know, <laughs> look, listen, One Winged Angel at the time was quite amazing. And since there have been phenomenal uh re-recordings new arrangements and they're all great and i think we should just be fine with multiple takes and arrangements of them and not (laughs) not try and bring back the midi choral sound to make it sound super like modern i don't think that one that one can just stay how it sounds it's okay I'm cool with leaving it. <laughs> I, I personally, the original version of that is personally my my yeah. favorite, and I have zero nostalgia towards Final Fantasy. I've never played any of the games. Fair before, enough. Fair so. enough. <laughs> but yeah, that original. But anyways, back on topic yes, yes. for our next pick. This is another big one right here. Not necessarily the most iconic theme, but definitely a favorite in the Metroid community for sure. I think it's iconic. Craig's Lair. <laughs> Craig's Lair. Brinstar Deaths. Yes. And um. And if you listen closely, uh, try to drown out all the white noise going on in your room right now. If you listen closely, uh, you can hear one of our Discord members, Spirefan, uh, screaming, Melee! 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 <laughs> in the distance. If you listen very closely, like, like I, I can hear him right now. He, he's screaming it. He can, sense, he can sense the topic has come up. He senses our presence. And uh, so, yeah, shout out to our fan, uh, Spirefan, keeping uh, Melee Brinstar Depths alive and alive. <laughs> But uh, yeah. What's your uh, favorite? For my yeah. pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just realized it's my turn to go yeah. first. <laughs> so so my pick, um, I, I love the Melee version, but that is not going to be my pick. My pick is going to be another version from Smash. And our other hosts, Andy and Dak, they cannot get into it for some reason. And I just, I just don't get it because this track speaks to me on so many levels. But... The uh, Smash Ultimate version of Brinstar Depths uh, with this incredible guitar and violin combo just duetting off each other. And I I love this. I can't remember the name of the composer off the top of my head, unfortunately. But um, the composer also did work in the Castlevania series. So it's literally a Metroidvania track <laughs> coming together and you could hear those influences in the violin sections of this. Yes. And then you have the more Metroid stuff being represented in the synth yes. and the guitar. Yes. And it's so, or actually no, the guitar is kind of like the bridge of those two series because both of those um, have history in guitar as mm-hmm. well. And so it's like, it feels like this beautiful marriage between the two series to create this incredible track and it's an absolute bop. It's all I play when I select Brinstar Depths and Ultimate. Good. Um, I absolutely love it. It's such a good piece. Yes. Well, it is also my favorite. 
Um, <laughs> Let's go. I, we completely agree. <laughs> I think that this arrangement is so amazing. Um, when I was arranging Craig's Lair, I used the NES arrangement because I can hear all the layers in it really well. And then I kind of like go from there. But if I were to pick something that I would purely want to listen to because it would literally get me ready to fight Ridley myself, it would be this, this version because those stops in the beginning, those, the really crunchy guitar, like all of it, the layering is just like, it's so much to keep, to keep me going, to get me going, to get up off my feet. I love this arrangement so much. It feels like fire. Like just when you listen to it, I'm like, yes, I feel the heat. This is great. <laughs> But yeah, I, I love yeah, it. I, I, I genuinely, I do not know how anyone can just dislike this. Oh, I don't I either. Just, I listen to it and it's just like, yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's the sauce the one. right there. I'm <laughs> that's there. the one. You made the sale. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Agreed. We got another very big one coming up next. Oh, yeah. Lower Norfair from Super Metroid. Yes. Is a big one for sure. Lacey, what is your... All right, so I I had a question because this might go without saying, but can we also call it Magmore Caverns, question mark? Does that also apply, kind of? Well, I mean, well, yeah, they're the, they're the same. I track. know, so, just, yeah, it so... has a different title. I, <laughs> I wanted to be technical to our rules, so, you know, because that is my yeah, favorite. so this track, yeah, the Magmore Caverns yeah, variation. Yep, that almost, that almost made it on my record. It was the one track that I went, I can't get this together in time for my deadlines because I, I love that. I love that track so much. Well, uh, we'll save it for the deluxe. Yeah, edition exactly. The, the deluxe remaster <laughs> double disc, like <laughs> with the exclusive pre-order. Yes, bonus of track. course. Of course. And Magmore will be the pre-order bonus. Cause I have it like 60% done. Um, but yeah, I just, there's so much I love about Prime's soundtrack in general, but I the percussion in the beginning of Magmore Caverns every yes. time, every time blows my mind. And it's it's so simple, but it's so effective. Like everything about the combination of the choral patches, the percussion, like it all just makes you feel like you're in that space. I, I just I dig it so much. I love Magmore. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it gives off, you know, it, it gives this almost tribal yeah. vibe off because it feels like, it feels like, you know, it feels like, um, you know, hitting this wooden drum yeah. um, with the percussion. Yeah, you just feel it. Like, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. It's like that track, whenever it starts, I feel the skin of that drum. I like feel it in my face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's perfect. Absolutely. And it, and it, and like you said, like it's a such a repetitive pattern, yeah. but like it, but like it carries the rest of the yeah. song. That simple bump, bump. Bum, yeah. Bum, and it just, it yep. works so Agreed. well. Um, my favorite is going to be where it all started. The Super Good Metroid choice. Lower North. Good Air. choice. There's, I don't know. There's something about, and, and super, and again, like Prime is the first time, is the first time I heard this theme. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, this isn't like a nostalgia pick yeah. or anything, but yeah, there's something about, there's something about that Super Metroid. Metroid theme again. I think I think like how the percussion is why you chose mm -hmm. um, the Magmore Cabins. I think it's the percussion in Super Metroid yeah. that makes me lean in that direction. I love you know a lot of a lot of these variations. I really like these more bassy approaches to percussion, mm -hmm. 
and like you really feel that with those loud thump thumps of the uh, lower Norfair theme on SNES. Yeah. And I think it really carries as like this um, precursor to the Ridley fight. Yeah, definitely. You it, you feel something's something's going down. Like there's no reason for us to kind of get in this internal rhythm within the area if we didn't expect like there's going to be something in here. <laughs> like there's no way that we're totally safe in this area right now. There's something lurking in the depths. And I think the, you know, the constant just like rhythm and the building of like the breathing of the space. It's like, okay, I, I can feel something's about to go down right now. <laughs> and then also on the choirs, yeah. I also really like the more staccato approach mm-hmm. that the um, Super Metroid version um, takes yeah. because it almost it almost feels like it's a second layer of drums because of how short those bursts yeah. are. You know what yeah, I mean? definitely. Yeah, it changes the, so, the yeah. flow of it too. It makes it a little more urgent when there's just like a yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's my great imitation. I'll, I'll be here all week. I swear. This is my profession. Uh, that's my choral sound. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just going to be the rest of the episode. Just us trying to do um, Lower North Fair Magwork. Honestly, and, um, opera voices. Lucky everyone who's listening, because that is a gift. <laughs> to give you're in for a show folks (laughs) yes yeah up next we're going back to metroid prime yes for our next piece we have the space pirate battle theme which has appeared in all three of the mainline prime entries Mm -hmm. as well uh as a short 30 second interlude in the uh the prime hunters first hunt demo and uh an arrangement as well in Metroid Prime Federation Force of all games. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh and uh, how could I forget Metroid Prime Pinball? Of, of course, course of course. Can't can't forget I swear. the most important no, game. No, you know, it wouldn't be any sort of Metroid discussion if I wasn't reminded that I need to play Metroid Prime Pinball at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, Lacey, have you played Metroid Prime Got, Pinball? You know, yet? I haven't yet, but I, it's on my, my list of games to play. <laughs> Just every 20 minutes, just slide that in somehow, because that's like, it's just how it's like living on the internet, making Metroid stuff. <laughs> yeah, on the YouTube video, we'll have to do a Metroid Prime pinball counter. Oh my God. Right like that. <laughs> so yeah, editors, if you're listening to this, you know what to yeah, do. Yeah, you know what to do. <laughs> All right. So for my pick, uh, again, much like Lower Norfair. I'm going to go where it all started. That original Metroid uh, Prime Space Pirate battle Good theme. choice. Everything, everything about it. It has, it has that perfect marriage of this technologically advanced species, but also this animalistic uh, tendencies and kind of psychotic nature of the pirates that's so well captured in, in this theme. You have them, you, these synths that almost sound like um, horrific creatures screaming, yep. which, kind, which I kind of like to interpret it as all the... Um, by uh biological and cybernetic experiments that they're always performing oh, on yeah. each other. Again, you have Kenji Yamamoto's wonderful guitar skills coming to yep. play um in the second half of the track with um, a slow guitar riff um that brings it all back again into that A loop. Um yeah, I this to me is like again the perf the perfect version of this track. I I love this track in Prime. And every time they come and attack, it's like, oh, man, like you hear the music start and you're like, oh, geez, here we go. You know, it's just like, oh, boy, it's time. 
Especially after you get the thermal yes. visor. Yes. Oh like, god, oh. the thermal. Oh jeez. Yeah, that fight, mm, that sequence of fights, that area, just all of it, all the thermal. Mm, I have opinions, but uh, I do love Prime, and I think my favorite version of this is from Prime Two. Only because that's a good pick. Yeah, only because I really love the breathy sound patch that's used for the um the like I don't know, that introduction yes, that prelude. Yes, the little prelude section. It like it feels very different than Prime One. Um and then I, I enjoy there's like a a topper percussion element throughout as well that really makes it so much more desperate. Like there, there's just this new intensity layer that's added, and I just, uh, I hate those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I know what um what the breathy Patrick yeah. combat is, and if it's the one, if it's the one I'm thinking of, um, it's also used a lot in Aegon Wastes, ah. which um I, which I really like because it almost blends those two things yeah. together, which is where you first encounter yeah, the pirates. Yeah, that does make sense. Uh, in Aegon. So yeah. yeah, very very cool piece of connective just... tissue there for sure. And and, a, and another great rendition of the pirate theme. I love, I love it. it. It's definitely a lot more it's definitely a lot more action yes. focused and oriented Yes. And I, and I guess for me personally when it comes to the pirate theme, I much prefer that more the more kind of um hr geiger body horror kind of approach <laughs> to like the space pirates themes. i mean i agree it's great it's it's super great um again these damn space pirates if they had a theme that made me feel good inside it wouldn't be right so i feel like the one that's most upsetting to me has to be my my favorite choice with it so prime two there it is boom Absolutely, two two very good renditions of the yes. theme, both both done by uh, Kenji Yamamoto as the well. Man. So the go, the man, the myth, the legend, at it once again, <laughs> back at it, making us hate the space pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, going back to um, the one that you uh, <laughs> unintentionally spoiled earlier. Well, well, <laughs> well <next>. you know. <laughs> Up next, we have the item collection jingle, not the item room There you go. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the only game this hasn't appeared in is Federation Force. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's appeared in every single title. Mm -hmm. It's one of. I believe it's the only recurring theme that appears in um, Metroid Two: Return of Samus as well. Mm. So, fun fact about there that. There you go. God. But yeah. Um, there are so many good versions of the of this theme right here. It's yeah. uh, so difficult to pick, but it is your turn to go first, so I'm going to let you do that. All right, first. well, I'm sure this is very surprising, but my favorite is from Super Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> After I sang it twice, once when I was supposed to and once when I was not. Um, I really like Primes as well. They're very similar. Um, but I think for Super especially, it gives me a lot of nostalgia since it was my first Metroid game I played. Um, and clearly I can sing it by heart <laughs> in every way and just picture exactly where I am from my, my damn little Chozo statue standpoint. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love the super Metroid version of it. Hands down. This is probably the hardest pick for me mm. because there's so many versions of these that I yeah. love and it's like, and it's like choosing a favorite child. It really I is. Know. Um, so I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go off my uh, honorable mentions list. Okay. Um, first off, um, 
Nintendo Land. Uh, again, a fully orchestrated version by Ryo Nagamatsu. Mm-hmm. Um, just sounds absolutely fantastic. I actually um, I actually use it as uh, one of my Dono sounds on Twitch. Because oh, that's awesome. It so, so It's so perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I do it with that little gif of like... Um, the, the Samus um, with both of her her arm cannon and her arm raised and she's like uh, shaking in excitement. You know yes, the one I'm I know exactly about? which one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's su- such a good combo. That's wonderful. But um, so yeah, that's so that's an honorable mention. I uh, uh, the dread version. I really yeah. like the new version in dread. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure how I felt it felt about it at first, but it's really grown mm-hmm. on me and I really like it. Yeah. Now. Um, I don't hear a lot of people talk about this, but I really enjoy the Metroid Fusion take on this. Oh game yeah, it's such a different. Uh, I don't even know how to describe the um, the um, the synths and the patches or the samples, whatever uh, Hamano-san is doing on that version. But um, it sounds it sounds almost bubbly yeah. in its interpretation. Yeah. But I yeah. But yeah, I really I really like that version a lot. Um. Obvi- obviously, the original NES where it all started. I actually kind of prefer the uh, the Famicom version to the NES version. Oh, okay. There are some slight differences. Yeah, there. sure. But um, obvi- obviously, where it all started, that's such a good version. Yeah. But ultimately, I, uh, I I gotta go. I gotta go with the fan favorite, the uh, the Metroid Prime version of the item. <laughs> nice. Or, um, the item nice. I gotta I gotta go with it. It just everything about it. It's got it's got the choir. Yeah, the choir is so cool. Beauty. It's got. It conveys the raw power of collecting a brand new item yeah. just so well. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Completely agree. It's tough. I I didn't realize until I was thinking about all the different versions. I was like, wow, it really is in like almost every single game, if not every single game, in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. And then um. Yeah, in Metroid 2, I believe that's the only version of that theme that's in a different key as yeah. well. Yeah. So that's really interesting. All the other ones are in the same key. Had to yeah. be different. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went back and they're like, no, 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 no. Let's not, <laughs> let's not change the flow of things here anymore. This is too radical. <laughs> yeah, pr- pro- probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, as, as much as I think that uh, Metroid 2 soundtrack is underappreciated, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that uh, item collection. Yeah, theme. it's... Yeah. But, uh, why why change yeah, it? Prime, it's good. Super two very good choices. Yeah. Both goats. Yep. 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 But after that item, we're gonna dig a little deeper in a planet Zebeth <laughs> with our next topic. <laughs> is we take it to lower Brinstar or Red Brinstar. It goes by many It many has names. so many names. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this is Andy's favorite metroid track of all oh time nice right here. don't quote me on that i don't know for sure but i'm pretty sure this is his favorite oh right cool here. but uh yeah lower brinstar um my pick for this so obviously it appears in super metroid where it all started mm-hmm. like many of these yes. tracks. it appears again not in metroid prime but metroid prime mm-hmm. 2 in the um in the lower section of torvis bog Makes a reappearance again in Metroid Samus Returns. And finally, we have it appearing uh, during a Quiet Robe Story Hour in Metroid Dread. Yes. And that version of the theme in Metroid Dread is actually going to be my pick for my favorite version of Lower Burn Star. I absolutely love this version so much. Um, I 
And again, I believe this is another piece that Kenji Yamamoto did. Nice. I wish that we had official credits so I could verify it, but I'm pretty sure he did this one. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, to me, this just feels like this feels like the pinnacle of the theme that he's worked up to. And while I have a lot of criticisms towards Dread's overall direction in the soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, the recurring the recurring themes is uh, not one of those criticisms. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, as I said, this is my favorite version of it. Um, I especially love the um, I especially love the um, what you call it the uh, the tambourine yes. samples in this in this piece with those subtle with those um, those uh, subtle uh, metallic hits. I think that really uh, brings uh, the piece together. Yeah, for me. definitely. Well, can I can I tell you a little secret? Uh oh, are we doing another double? It's my favorite too. <laughs> two for two let's go <laughs> yeah oh my god so i'm a pianist primarily um and this is far and away one of my favorite like uses of piano in the metroid soundtrack history i love the feeling that this arrangement gives me the percussion's phenomenal the like plucky synths just feel so interesting they really grab your ear they grab your attention and then that piano just comes in and it's just delivering this gorgeous like octaved out medley and i just i i love it so much i love this track i don't even know why i didn't think of um talking about the uh, piano God, the piano's the piano so good it's so, so good it's so good <laughs> I love I love this one. I like Dread a lot. Um, I agree, though. I, I wish it had more nods and homages to some previous games. But this was one of those tracks. I remember getting so excited when I heard it because, again, Super was my first one. Um, and so I was so amped when I heard that this was in the, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, there it is. <laughs> it was so exciting. <laughs> So, so a little off, little off topic because I've definitely talked about Dread's music in the sure, podcast before, sure. and um, and for me, it's not so much the lack of returning things, although I I would have I would have uh, liked more. I would have liked to uh, <laughs> see a little yep. bit more, Partic- particularly um, theme of Samus Aran Galactic Warrior, because man, what a perfect time to bring that track yeah. back. When the main point of that game is to go back to the ship. Yep. Like how cool would that yep. be to come out of a uh, Hanubi after defeating the final enemy? Yep. But this time it's sunny out, the rain stopped, and you just hear that. Anyways, I don't want to go on that. Um, My, I guess my biggest issue with Dread's soundtrack is a lot of the instrument choices. Yeah. Where a lot of, a lot of the instruments almost, they almost feel like they're being played on toys. And it make it gives a lot of the boss themes in particular this feeling of whimsy Mm -hmm. as if they came from an entirely different game. Like I was listening to the SQ theme again. That's the little... Uh, beetle B boss that you fight where it turns into the first core. Oh yeah. Once he gets oh yeah. Game. I remember that. And I was just, and I was, and I was, and I was listening to the piano parts again. And I'm like, this feels like something out of super Mario galaxy, which Mario galaxy is one of my favorite games of all yeah. time. And I would love that track if it was in that game, but it just feels so out of place in this. Not quite the tone. In, in Metroid yeah. Dread. Not quite the tone. It's very odd. And then, and then Ravenbeak's theme. I actually like Ravenbeak's yeah. theme. I, I, I like listening to it on its own sometime. But again, like in the context of Metroid Dread, like it feels like a Zelda boss. Fight. Yeah. Like something you'd fight in like a temple yeah. or something like that. But yeah, I, I see that. It doesn't really con- Yeah, it doesn't really convey Metroid vibes. Certainly doesn't convey Chozo vibes when I think of yeah. like, you know, a lot of these Chozo archetypes of like what's been established in the series mm-hmm, prior. So. Mm-hmm. But 
that's a that's a whole other uh, it's a other whole other can of worms. Rant and very off topic. <laughs> but the point back to the main topic though, we both agree yes. that uh, at least Dred's take on a lower Brinstar uh, is the yes. goat, which you love agreed. to see. Agreed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're starting. We're starting to approach the end game now uh, with our next piece. I was I, a part of me was considering putting this in the bonus category because it's more appropriate. But my, the the pick that I chose, I really want to talk about. So I so you know what I decided. You know what we'll we'll keep this in the main category. <laughs> Torian, yes, the final area in NES Metroid where we fight Mother Brain. And then again in Super Metroid as well. Lacey, what is your pick for your ultimate take on Torian? All right. So, for reasons that remind me of that kind of Ridley Scott cinematic feeling, my favorite take on it is Zero Mission. I really, I really, really like, I don't even know what, technically what kind of synth it is i should probably know this because that's what i do but um it's only my it's job, fine you know. it's fine there's sometimes that I, it actually is a good thing sometimes when i'm not overanalyzing something because that means i'm just listening to it and enjoying it and i'm like oh wow i catch myself all the time but anyway um this is one of those turian is such an ominous at least in in the zero mission arrangement it's so ominous feeling it just has this presence about it, another one of those kind of what's coming sort of feelings to the track itself, to the area. And like, I just really love how Zero Mission captures kind of like the minute you start and enter the area and like you feel this kind of like, what what's going on? Like the synths just feel very like dissonant and they're kind of building and building into like, I don't know this multi-texture air. I don't know. I, I really enjoy all the different arpeggiated patterns in the zero mission arrangement. Cause they, they feel very spacey the, to me in the best way. The arpeggiation in that track is definitely like the highlight with this. Oh. It's little- <laughs> oh my God. It's just nuts. Yeah. Just going on and on. And the, yeah, and the way it's constantly like rising and yes. falling while the um, while the main melody the main melody of the track is like played below yeah. that, which is such a interesting take on, uh, on yeah. it. It's it's such a it creates this really sinister atmosphere mm-hmm. that feels very appropriate for that game, and I really yeah. like it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's but, well done in Zero Mission. That's just my take. But that is not my okay. Pick. What is yours? So. My pick, and I definitely talked about this before on the podcast uh, about a about a couple months ago. Probably probably when I was reaching out to you to get on the podcast. Oh, nice. Actually, was when I talked about this last. Um, uh, this is the most recent version of Torian, which appeared in Metroid: Samus Returns, which does not oh. appear in Torian because Torian does not exist on yeah, SR388. Yeah, this caught me so off guard. I was not expecting this arrangement to happen. So so in Metroid 2, typically what happens is um, you know, you reach the end game and the counter goes up and it plays another version of kind of the um the the Metroid theme that's been playing before, mm-hmm. but the tempo is mm-hmm. higher, it's in a higher key as well. Mm-hmm. And that's um but instead in Samus Returns, 
they play what starts off sounding like an original piece of music. And it sound and again, it has like these kind of signature Metroid, gross, grotesque, (laughs) organic sounding uh, synthesizers with this like, and I'm just like, ooh, this is nasty. I love love that we're describing Metroid as nasty too. Like some of the some of the sounds, absolutely. well, because like Metroid, it's it's gross, it's organic, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. I, I love it when the music emulates Yeah, totally. That, like, and especially for Metroid too, like once you get into that uh, that Metroid layer, like it like it's perfect for that. And then, so you know, it does its little intro, and then all of a sudden you hear just these very low bass notes. And I'm so happy that when I played this game for the first time, I was using a surround sound headset. Oh my god! I got the full effect of it, but you hear that slow. And I was just like, no way. Yeah. No way. Is that what I think yep. it is? Sneaking in. And then it and then it does it one time. And then it just hits you with that full assault, just going in with all the synths, raises it up a couple of octaves, and just, oh man. God, I love that theme so much. It's it might it might just be my favorite track from the, Well, actually, no, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite <laughs> track. That, that still goes to Chozo Laboratory. Oh, sure. That that's my that that's such a cool piece of music, but like this, God, this is just such a good arrangement and such an underrated piece too, because nobody thinks of it when you think of uh, the Samus Returns soundtrack. It's usually Chozo Lab or like the the new Surface of SR three D eight theme or the title theme or something like that. But yeah, I, God, I love this version of the Torian. I'm gonna stop talking because otherwise <laughs> I'm just gonna start going in a circle and repeating myself. No, that's a good one though. I I always forget about um, Return of Samus. Sometimes you know it's like I've done a couple things for Metroid Two, but like that was a game that it's a game I have not beaten. So I think I I just always mentally put it in a different place in my mind. But yeah, that soundtrack is so interesting. It's so like there's so many haunting themes in it. It's great. Yeah, Return of Samus, it goes for the the original Game Boy version, at least not Samus. Yeah, Returns, but it yeah. goes for it goes for more of like a live soundscape. For the yeah, most part, as opposed to a soundtrack. Yeah, like you have like you have uh, the surface of SR eighty eight theme, which I which feels um, similar to Brinkstar yeah. in that it feels like the safe zone. It's like okay, this is the soothing main melody theme. This is where the less deadly creatures are. This is our safe zone. But then once you start going out to the areas, you have kind of the bleeps and bloops or kind of these dissonant sounding yep. uh, melodies uh, in like the Chozo Ruins theme and stuff like yep. that. And so, um, yeah, it doesn't work for a lot of people and I can definitely understand why because it gets repetitive in some point. I personally really like it. I think it adds to, well, we could talk about it for a while, but I think it, it definitely adds to like the gameplay itself. And yeah, not necessarily being a standout theme, but meant to just accentuate what's going on in the game itself. So for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Moving on. I almost skipped. one. (laughs) I just realized not this one. (laughs) I love this one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're we're not skipping. (laughs) We're not skipping our next one, which is Planet Talon 4 Mm -hmm. slash Record of Samus. Um, one of, not, not necessarily the first theme that you hear in Metroid Prime, but it's one of those first major, one of those first major melodic themes that like really sticks out to you. And it's a real, it's a real tone shifter as yeah. well for a lot of the music that's in the game prior to that on the Frigate Orpheon. Yeah. And so, 
my pick for this is going to be uh, just that. That first touchdown on Talon yep. 4 is such a magical moment in ga- in gaming as a whole, not just Metroid. Yeah. And in large part, it's due to that theme, that gorgeous theme, which is very clearly inspired by Brinson. Yeah, I, I would agree. It has a lot it has a lot of very has a lot of very similar chord mm-hmm. progressions uh, in both tracks. Yep. Uh, a lot of a lot of very similar structures being implemented. Yeah, there. definitely. And yeah, um, I love uh, God. I think the what really brings this over to me is again those signature Kenji Yamamoto choirs. This time, really. Um, God, I am, uh, the music terminology is blanking on me right no, no. now. Um, when you're, um, when you're doing choir and you're singing in a really high register. Oh yeah. Um, the falsetto. Like, like. High voice not, falsetto. Uh, not falsetto, but like, so there's. Whistle so tones. there's bass, there's <laughs> soprano. tenor, there's, so, yeah, there's soprano and there's something else. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I, either way, it's, either way, it's these, All that, it's these yeah. high register. It's these high register um, vocals sounding that appears in um, the the last fourth of the track yeah. that brings it into the final yep. verse, and that that's the moment that like brings a tear to my yeah. eye every time I hear that. It's such a beautiful piece of music, um, and you know it's this one piece that doesn't highlight the danger of the world. It's just there to highlight the beauty yeah. of the nature of this world, of all the fauna and the alien life, and it just it gets me gets me every time man it's such such an iconic piece of music and for good reason so uh literally ditto um (laughs) i i love this piece i love this piece so much and it is such uh it's such like a magical piece of music and i would love to i haven't actually heard anyone successfully cover this vocally i would love to um i want to hear someone get all the way up there i'm not about to try it um but like <laughs> my voice definitely isn't getting yeah up there. no no not but happening. i i know someone can i know a lot of sopranos out there so i'm sure they can um this piece is just genius um literally very much everything you said it's like a moment of calm a moment of wonder setting the scene like creating this image and impression on the viewer and the player of what Samus is seeing and kind of being like, what on earth, where are we? You know, we're just creating this, like, this is unfamiliar. This is new. Um, and then also just to kind of piggyback on it, I really also enjoy the Talon overworld theme too, which takes these elements and kind of makes them rock esque a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And that, that may be covering, on my channel very soon you may see a cover of that coming very very soon from me hint 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 wink, hint, wink, wink, nudge, wink nudge. nudge nudge not saying anything but yeah i love this piece it, it's so cool it's such a unique piece yeah it's so fantastic there, and there's a lot of good versions like um i also mentioned of course record of samus mm. which that's the version that plays when you uh when you finish the game where it's very much a celebration piece, and uh, I absolutely love that piece as yeah. well. But uh, yeah, for me, that introduction to Talon Overworld piece is just pure beauty. Yeah. Can't yeah. be beaten. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyways, our next piece, and I have a feeling that we're both going to pick the same one for uh, this next one. Right here. <laughs> so we have Standard Warfare. 
and there's only been three three versions of this mm-hmm. and uh yeah i went first last time so i'm gonna let you go first because i have a feeling i know what you're gonna well, <laughs> well i don't know that could be all right so i really wanted to say ultimate because it's just so off the wall um and it in a great way and it's very unique and cool, but my favorite is zero mission <laughs> surprise. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I just, there's something about zero missions sound choices that really resonate so much with me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it's playing good. It's one of those that like, ah, there we go. Um, it's like, it's very, much like 80s and 70s since like what I like so much. So I think that's probably why it's not crazy hard for me to imagine why I like it and I'm drawn to it. But but yeah, it's zero mission for me. Well, well zero mission is my pick as well. <laughs> I absolutely love this version Good. so much. And it's really interesting because most of the recurring themes in zero mission really try hard to emulate that of the original but norfair is one of those rare exceptions where it's this very unique interpretation done where of course you have uh you have the signature kenji yamamoto choirs in the background yeah i was gonna say the yamamoto choir is going strong on this one (laughs) uh, always going hard with the choirs but what i really like so what I really like is that main verse, the da na na where that where that bass mm-hmm. where that bass guitar come comes in. It's very subtle in the background, yeah. but it it takes it takes what was this very daunting track of the NES and it turns in this this really beautiful piece in Zero Mission. Yeah. Um and I really like it contrasted because the area is still like a, meant to be like a tough as nails area, like a like a literal gauntlet to travel to on your way to um, Ridley's yeah. Um But I really like the juxtaposition there of creating this beautiful, beautiful theme because at the end of the day, the wildlife, it's not evil. It's just wildlife. Yeah. And I like how the track, the track depicts the wildlife is just that. Even though, because you're entrenching on its territory, it's trying to kill you, and so I, re- I really like that. There, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's my interpretation. I like it. that. I think it makes sense. I think it, I think it was intentional in the way of like, this is the world, you're a part of it, but this is what's going on around you, and I think the the music really complements that kind of space. And then, of course, you also have um, an original verse at the end of the uh, Zero Mission, not present in the NES, where Again, Yamamoto-san going ham on those choirs and bringing in, I believe, that same sample from Magmore Caverns of those uh, the wooden stick drums. Yeah, as well. I think you're right. Uh, really, yeah. really cool to see that returning as yep. well. So. Little nods. That that genius lad. <laughs> please come back for Prime Four, Yamamoto. Please, we, we oh God, really please. <laughs> I ask for so little. <laughs> that that needs to happen. <laughs> Well, coming up next, I think, is the big one for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely, it's a shame our boy Dak couldn't be here today, because he would have. Lo- I'm pretty sure he would have loved to uh, have his thoughts on this. He's a huge Ridley fan, mm-hmm. and we are talking about just that, our favorite rendition of, of, the, uh, of the Lace Scree theme. <laughs> As you as you dubbed it earlier. Well, you know, the internet was kind and gave that name to me. <laughs> so there it is. 
So, again, not much that needs to be said yeah. here. It's appeared in the vast majority of Metroid titles. But my pick, despite despite the wonderful... Actually, I think much like um, much like the item collection thing, I think we should talk about some honorable mentions. Oh, so, so obviously, um, Obviously, we got to talk about the Super Metroid version, where it all yep. started. Originally composed by Minako Hamano. Mm. Um, Absolutely iconic piece. Originally meant to be a, just a generic boss theme for half the bosses in the game. And then kind of from Fusion onwards just recontextualized as Ridley's main theme yep. there. Speaking of which, the Fusion theme. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first time that this um, that the tempo of this theme was slowed down. And I really like that along with kind of uh, these ex-parasite sounding patches that um, finish off all of the measures. That kind of little... Yeah. Um, those things absolutely love those present in the piece um obviously you got to talk about meta ridley from metroid prime I, that's probably i think the most iconic version of this it's theme a good one is the meta ridley theme um and you also have um some original verses incorporated in there as well all three of the samus returns uh proteus ridley themes are so good i love those themes to death mm. but my favorite ridley theme Super Smash Brothers Brawl versus Ridley by Yusuke Takahama, which I've talked about before on the podcast. We were talking about um, the order of our favorite Metroid stages. Mm. Um, yeah, this is my all-time favorite um, Ridley boss theme. Um, I like it even more than the Ultimate version, also done by Takahama-san. Mm. And um, But yeah, it's, uh, again, that perfect marriage of um, guitars and synths. Um, it conveys just the ferocity of Ridley in general. I love the original verses that incorporates. Um, it has a breakdown section, which I'm a sucker for breakdowns <laughs> as a fellow metalhead. So awesome. You put in a breakdown, and like that's automatically going to raise the letter grade a notch for me. So, yeah, versus Ridley, Super Smash Brothers Brawl is my pick. Lacey, what about you? You know, kind of similarly... Uh, my favorite is the ultimate version. Um, yeah, nice. and it's it's funny because I, I do love the super version and I was very inspired by both of these arrangements when I was making my version of it um, because I tried to actually, and I think <laughs> kind of successfully, use synths from both to kind of create this like fusion of them. Um I forgot how good the the Metroid Fusion version is of this actually, which it doesn't affect my answer, but I, that, I'm glad you mentioned it because that that one is so different, um, and it's such a cool departure from like the high energy. So anyway, uh, I really enjoy Ultimate's use of like a lot of synth texture, the guitars, obviously, the stops, um, a lot of different like production tape stops to really create this just like like this feeling of like his wings are coming for you and you just got to like get out of the way or, you know, I, I think that the arrangement in Smash, uh, both Brawl and Ultimate, really, like, they make Ridley such a formidable opponent. Um, <laughs> and in Ultimate, physically, he's huge. But, like, uh, it, it's it's such a great addition to what a scary uh, beast Ridley is. And I think this theme is just so well done in both of those games. But for me, for my listening, uh, the Ultimate arrangement is my favorite. Yeah, like I like I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, like I think these tracks do a really good job of conveying Ridley's ferocity yeah. and his ruthlessness. Yeah. 
He's um, a beast. That he has a lot more in comparison to other boss yeah, fights. Yeah, definitely. He's a be- he's a beastie for a reason. You know, I mean, got, <laughs> there's a reason he earned his own song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that big Ridley energy is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're we're starting to approach the end here. We only got two more songs here on our uh, on our list of main topics, and we're also also starting to approach the two hour mark in our podcast. I'm not sure if this is the longest podcast we've ever done but it's definitely definitely getting up there. well we had a lot of but, material um, to cover here this is extensive this is not just like oh favorite song from metroid boom there you go it's like we're going through we're in the nitty-gritty here so if you're far this absolutely. far with us you're as dedicated as we are to these soundtracks so it makes sense yeah it's, again very cool to have a, a fellow musician yeah here, so like we can really like really get into the nitty-gritty yeah, of what's exactly going on songs exactly just like work off yeah that, for sure which i absolutely yeah. love but yeah our second to last for our main topic and then yeah we'll, we'll save those bonus topics for another show probably okay. but the last of our main topic today another very iconic metroid theme the escape theme particularly the original NES version where it all started. You have that, you have a version that appears in Zero Mission, you have Metroid Prime 2, and you have the version that appeared in Smash 4. Lacey, what is your pick for your favorite escape theme? So my favorite um, escape theme is from Echoes, from Prime 2. Um, It's... (sighs) Okay, so I think I mentioned in... My cover that I did of Crade Slayer, I included something that was kind of similar to like John Carpenter, um, something he used in his score for the movie Halloween, um, where it's kind of like this slicing uh, sound that's repeated constantly to create like a percussive um, topper, we call it in production. So like there's this feeling of like something's moving constantly. And I think for an escape theme, you need, you need motion in your piece. Um, and for me, I think in echoes with this theme, it's just like constantly making you feel like you got to move, you need to move right now. And this tiny element is so much enough to just be in my ear. And I'm so stressed already because I need to get out. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh no, I need to go. I need to move. Um, but I just, I really enjoy all of the synth patches that are used in this escape theme in general. And I think, yeah, the, the like drums percussiony kind of stuff that's in the background, it's not super featured in the foreground production wise, but like, I don't, it just creates this movement and it's very successful. It's very stressful. (laughs) Um, but yeah, prime two is my favorite escape theme. And I wanted to say an honorable mention I had also, I don't know if it counts, but, uh, dreads escape theme I thought was very cool as well. So I wanted to mention that. I'd say probably not because that isn't, it's so different. Yeah. But it was like, well, it it served the same purpose, but yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, same here. Uh, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, yeah. uh, as many listeners of the podcast know, is my favorite Metroid soundtrack oh, of heck. all time. Yeah, I think Echoes is just an absolute immaculate it's work so of good. art. I mean, not to say that the other soundtracks aren't also immaculate works mm-hmm. of art, but I think Prime 2 is just the absolute pinnacle of, like, what can be done in, um, you know, in that Kenji Yamamoto style. Yeah. And 
yeah, this escape, this uh, variation of the escape theme is uh, one of those for sure. Mm -hmm. There's so much cool stuff going yeah. on. You mentioned, um, uh, you mentioned kind of those John Carpenter yes. kind of influences, yes. and that's permeated a lot throughout. Uh, the Prime Two soundtrack, yeah. which I think is very appropriate. Yeah. There's these there's these moments that feel very similar to like the Friday Thirteenth. Yes, 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 and it's all throughout the soundtrack, including this escape theme. And I love it whenever he does stuff like yeah. that. Um, you also have a really unique piece of this soundtrack. Typically, uh, the alarms that'll play during an escape sequence oh, yeah. those are separate sounds off in the background. But for this escape theme, they're actually in the piece. part of the yeah, theme itself, it's so cool. and they're played in and they're played in triplets um, to combat the um, the typical four four of the um, of the regular percussion. Mm -hmm. It's so oh, cool! It's so cool! Oh, I it's love genius! It. I mean, talk about intentional composition, right? Like not just writing a piece to go along with what is going on. It's like this was written for this sequence. Period. Like it's just it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. And then, of course, again, you got those signature Kenji Yamamoto. Yeah, choirs of course. That bring up, um, that bring up um, the what the recurring verse when it comes up the second mm -hmm. time. Uh, absolutely love when uh, that comes up. And I think it, it works especially well when you uh, refight Dark Samus um, while the counter is going down. It feels super appropriate to have all that come together yeah. then. And, you know, I mean, pretty much otherwise, everything you echoed before, like all the instrument choices used are so fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's a great piece to listen to on, on its yeah. own. It reflects the environment in the game so well. It's uh, the pinnacle. Yeah. It's just a great piece. Out of, curio <laughs> out of curiosity, being a metal fan that yeah. you are, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Doom games by any chance? This will make sense in a bit. Okay. I, <laughs> um, I like them. I like Doom. I've done a, a couple Doom covers, too. Um, nice. Yeah, Doom's fun. I like Mick Gordon. Definitely... Cool oh, yeah. composer. For sure. I, I only say that because I actually did a mashup with that escape theme with BFD <gasps> Division. Oh my god, I can hear... Wait, it's, I can totally hear how that works in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to send you oh, a link please to that. Do. It's, I'd love to hear that. Personally, I think I've done better mashups since then, but like in my community, it's like a fan oh, favorite. Cool. Everyone like goes off on that. It's <laughs> Oh my god, we'll talk about putting like two like action-packed songs together it makes so much sense yeah it was it was definitely a definitely a lot of fun to put how together. neat but enough shilling from my Ugh. end we have reached Ugh. the final topic of today we've topic. arrived this, this has been a lot of this has been a lot of fun so yeah. far <laughs> uh, but unfortunately everything has to come to an end eventually yeah. but similar to Similar to our favorite title theme where where I just decided, you know what, let's just do every single title theme. I felt <laughs> like an appropriate way to end this segment would be, why don't we just do our favorite credit sequence slash staff in the entire series. Oh. All right. And um, I guess uh, it's my yeah, turn to go, go first, first anyways. But again, everyone on the podcast, because I've talked about it before, knows what my favorite staff role is. and. Much like the escape, much like the escape sequence, the Metroid Prime Two credit ah. sequence is one of my favorite pieces of music ever created. Ah. I love this credit sequence so much. Everything about it, uh, from the main motif of the Luminoth theme that comes at the end 
at the end of the verse to those um these uh almost robotic vocaloids since reused um from the quadraxis boss battle theme and the sanctuary fortress themes all coming together with the percussion from torvis and aegon it feels like this beautiful mending of all of the areas that you visited in one um cohesive package and it's just such an incredible composition altogether uh, again, you know, shout out to Kenji Yamamoto going ham on those choirs. Yeah. <laughs> I also really love his choice of hi-hats on this track as well, especially with how um, that little um, uh, hi-hat pattern that introduces the song. Oh, man. I mean, I've, I've talked about this multiple times before, <laughs> so I will just throw it over to you okay. since i'm pretty sure our listeners are sick and tired of <laughs> talking about this track over and over uh, again echoes is a phenomenal soundtrack um i absolutely hear that and uh i mean it's it's so cool that the staff roles the credits are always so particular um Mine is a little, I mean, it's not surprising if you've heard my album, but mine (laughs) is Super Metroid. Um, And I would say what made this ending stand out to me so much was just how like emotional it made me feel. Um, similar to how Prime 2, and I mean a lot of the games as well, but they they always bring forward all these themes, motifs, um, sequencing them to create this new feeling or this like impression that you get in the credits to remind you of the journey that you've you've just had. And I think the staff role in Super does that so beautifully. Um, there's so many themes that are completely rewritten and have a major tone to them, have a minor tone to them, have an atonal feeling all of a sudden. Um, the, the opening, uh, Metroid has this new life as a full, uh, a full break breath section before we get back to the theme of Samus once again. Um, there's, I mean, the theme of Samus is throughout the whole piece in general, but like for me, it just, it feels like mission success. You get through it. You've come so far. You've beaten all of these creatures. You're still figuring out what, what's going on for you, but you feel victorious for the moment. And then there is that moment where the, the Metroid main theme comes in and it's not happy. It's not sad. It's it's a moment of remembrance, I think, for Samus. And then that's when her theme fully kicks in in its traditional sense and ends in this way where you feel it and you know there's still work to be done. Nothing is complete. We still have questions that need answers. And um, it's it's just it's so beautifully a mix of orchestral elements, synthesizer elements and choral elements, of course, because Yamamoto's work is everywhere. But um, it, it's just I, I love that piece. I, I spent a lot of time listening to all of the elements of that piece in particular. <laughs> um, so so you brought up the choral yeah. elements and this is actually really interesting. So despite the fact that Yamamoto composed a theme of Samus, which also first appears in this game. The credit sequence is actually done by Minako Hamada, Even better. who adapts. Yeah, so incredible. <laughs> the dream team God, working together. What an amazing to team. 
The two of them, geez, just insane. It's insane. I mean, I would only hope to write music that is so creative. I mean, they literally created these worlds, characters, feelings, and like unease that so many composers could ever dream of doing. And there's so many elements that speak to their style that is just like, if you're at all familiar with the Metroid music, you're like, oh yeah, I've heard, you know, this sound or that sound. And it's like, yeah, that's literally this person's vision that has continued for years, decades, you know? I mean, it's genius. I love it. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And one thing I really like about the um, Super Metroid staff role, something that the Metroid games used to do, but you don't really see a lot mm-hmm. anymore, but it's this feeling this feeling of triumph yeah. and satisfaction yeah. at the end of the game. Um, that was one thing that um, Kirikazu Tanaka wanted to convey in the original NES credits, where, you know, after, you know, you know, diving deep into this planet, you know, scouring all of these, you know, biological and mechanical horrors, you come out on top and it's like... The nightmare is over. Mm-hmm. Here is your song of yeah. peace. And, you know, you saw that in a lot of early, early Metroid titles, um, but you don't really see a lot of that anymore. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I like it again with the echo scene where I think it fits yeah. there. But, um, but yeah, there's other, other times where I feel like a triumphant theme like that could really, really benefit it. It's one thing I actually really like about corruption. Yeah. It brings that, it brings that old show oh, back yeah. with them. That, that gorgeous credit theme, which is also... I think a good runner up for this. Agreed. Agreed for me as well. Yeah. But yeah, that is our main topic wrapped up. We went through quite a lot of songs. Yeah, we did. And (laughs) yeah, Lacey, this was such a fun conversation. I'm so glad. It's so good to really uh, dig deep into the nitty gritty of music theory um, of my favorite series of all time. Oh, absolutely. I'm always game. This was very fun for yeah, me overall, too. Overall, yeah, absolutely. I'm so, I'm so happy. Like we finally got an opportunity to do this. Yeah, together because like we mentioned earlier, we've been planning this for like a couple months yeah. now uh, to get you on the podcast. Yep. Yeah, and hopefully we can get you on next time when uh, all the boys are back and you can uh, meet our other two hosts, Andy <laughs> and Dash. <laughs> I'm coming for you, gentlemen. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but absolutely. Yes. But yeah, we had a lot of fun here today, and uh, for our viewers, I hope you had fun as well. Um, and yeah, otherwise, um, replug Lacey's stuff again. Metroid Next Mission is out right now. You can uh, download it or buy a CD copy with the link in the description. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, before we head off, Lacey, do you have any other thoughts that you uh, want to get well, out Well, you know, thank you so much for having me. We're going to manif- manifest some uh, Metroid Prime 4 news soon. Uh, I think we should just put it out there in the world that it could happen. Um, because goodness knows I will definitely be covering it if and when all that happens soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, this is really fun. Metroid is a franchise that... I always wanted to get into, um, for, for years, but I just never had a console that, um, Metroid was on until adulthood. So it's been fun to be able to, you know, approach it a little bit later, but everyone has been so kind to me and so open to teaching me about Metroid and, um, you know, ultimately inspiring me to check out the music for myself. And then obviously that 
led into all this, but you know, um, it, it's just such a wonderful community and I'm, I'm so honored to have been accepted into it so quickly. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to pursuing so many more, uh, meetups and community events. And believe me, I'm in all the groups now. I'm like, I'm in the know. Um, but you know, it's just been such a, such a journey to, uh, to join this scene. And I'm so grateful and thankful to all of you for, for being so welcoming and kind to me. Um, yeah. So definitely check out my album. If you're into Metroid, check out my YouTube channel. I make full production, uh, music videos on my YouTube channel and I've done a few Metroid, uh, videos and I do have a couple more big shoots coming up soon. So you can look forward to that. Um, but yeah, I'm wherever you are on social media. So you can always find me at Lacey Johnson music just about anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And like you mentioned earlier, I'll see if I can uh, catch that MagWest yeah. show because that is significantly closer than I'm used to uh, MagFest being. I didn't realize it was in San Jose. Yes, year, I should so. plug that. So um, <laughs> if you're in the San Jose area, August 19th through 21st, uh, MagWest is happening and tickets are currently on sale now. You can use code Lacey Johnson to actually get 20 bucks off of your pass. So use it. Um, yes. Ooh. And you can catch me there and I will be performing Metroid it is very much in my set. So yeah, you all, y'all can look forward to that for sure. But plenty of fun live video game music and nerdcore happening uh you don't want to miss it it's going to be a great year absolutely well folks there you have it right there another episode in the books uh with our wonderful guest again lacey johnson um overall wonderful you'll love to see it uh you can catch omega metroid uh, on Twitter at Omega Metroid, and if you want to follow uh, myself, that's at Duminal Cross, and our other hosts, Andy Spateri at Spateri three one six, and Dakota Lasky at Dak City. I, I always love that username. <laughs> but yeah, that'll do it for today's episode, folks. Don't forget to catch weekly episodes of the only weekly Metroid podcast in existence at OmegaMetroid.com, which can also be found on Podbean, YouTube, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and pretty much all of your favorite podcasting sources. And until next time, folks, we will see you all next mission. 